Good morning, good day, good evening, good night to wherever you are around the world. I'm Mark Smith, and another exciting, <laughs> if you will, podcast. This one, um, it got me to thinking last night for the next podcast, and um, today's podcast is, do you remember your first time, very large and generic question, and uh, I would love those of you listening to the podcast to just basically, uh, whenever you get the opportunity, to just sit down and relax and, you know, think about all the things that have gone on in your life, the positive things, specifically. And what I mean is, do you remember your first time? Um, let's say your first Christmas gift as a child, uh, your first vinyl 45 or vinyl album, your first taste of candy, and do you remember your first taste of candy, the brand, what type of kind of candy it was? And what did it make you think and feel? Um, how did it feel when you bought your first apartment? When you moved out of your parents' house and you were out on your own? You know, you didn't need them telling you what to do, how to do, so on and so forth. The freedom. What was it like the first time you were able to ride a bicycle on your own? And did you go outside your parents' boundaries with your bicycle? As I did. Um, buying your first car or getting your, finally getting your driver's license. Um, get your first car. I know in some states you can buy a car without a driver's license, but you still have to buy auto insurance before you drive it off the lot. Here is one that got me to thinking. Just before the 70s duo Seals and Cross um, popularity began to fade, as I understand it, it was their popularity began to fade along with their fan base over a song called Unborn Child and talk basically about 
abortion. Apparently they were pro-abortion at the time. And their fan base apparently wasn't. But one of their albums, they tried to, uh, well, I shouldn't say tried, they did a release. I believe it was called Longest Yard, and the track on it was called First Love. There's a question. Can you remember how you felt when you seen your first love and just knew he or she is the one? Gotta be the one. How many of us have been in that situation? Me. How did you think and feel? What did he or she look like? And was it the proverbial cute guy or hot babe in school, you know, that we all had to, we all felt we had to find, you know, hang with, uh, arm candy, if you will? What was it like? How did you feel? Um, I dare not ask this question, but if you want to, that's fine. Uh, I would love for your responses uh, just to send to my email address, hbp2564 at outlook.com. BP2564 at Outlook.com. And also on the subject, first time. And if I do come across some pretty good responses, I will bring them on to the podcast and share with all of you. What was it like um, getting married? Or what was it like shacking up, if you will, with that special someone. Um, I know over the years, being from the baby boomer generation, uh, trust, respect, commitment, dedication, loyalty, faithfulness, all those things that make a relationship great, has been to a point of being close to non-existent. But I'm sure there still are, are some young people that uh, believe in those things. So what was it like, let's just say, shacking up with that special someone for the first time? What was it like? 
um, getting married for the first time. Getting uh, married for the first time. I know there have been some weddings where everything was in place, everything was ready to change vows and then all of a sudden we had the narcissistic girl uh, she loved the wedding dress she loved all the things that come with a wedding for a woman then when it came time to actually do it she backed out before the vows that I don't want to hear I don't want to read about um, but what was it like living with that special someone? What was it like being married? Um, here's one. When you reach legal age and you can go uh, bar hopping, clubbing, so on and so forth. What was it like for your first time? And did you have your wingman, your buddy, your friend, your girlfriend, your best friend, your best girlfriend? Was it uh, an interesting experience? Was it a pleasant experience? Um, here's one. Um, in uh, in the late sixties, early seventies, I believe it was. At the time, the local station WHK was playing rock and roll and the owners or the station manager or program manager decided to change genres from rock and roll to Sinatra, Tony Bennett, to life. There was uh, an early, a morning DJ by the name of Ronnie Barrett and he was notorious for playing the piano And he had a segment called, Where Were You and What Were You Doing? When you heard this song, and either he would play the recording or he would perform it himself in studio. Guy had a decent voice. Uh, gotta give him credit. Um... your favorite song. I have like a whole smorgasbord, if you will, of favorite songs. But the one that uh, made an impact on me was the association song, Cherish. The original song, Cherish, not Madonna or Cool in the Dan song, Cherish. Uh, the association song, Cherish.
and I heard that in the summer of 1966. And then it came out, and a few years later, with another song called Everything That Touches You. That, uh, wow. And then Never My Love. And then the fifth dimension did their version of Never My Love. Um, still to this day, Marilyn McCrew's song, I think it's Love, Line, Circles, and Angles, it's called. And you can see the video on YouTube. Um, there was a segment from some show she performed it. And uh, her words at the beginning of the song and the lyrics themselves. To me, that's what real true love is about. Not playing of emotions of feelings, uh, use and abuse of each other, uh, both mentally, emotionally, and physically. No, that's out. To talk about real true love, uh, as some of us baby boomers and even before the baby boomer era and generation came around, uh, real true love in the full sense of the word, not just dictionary definition. Um, Oh man, so many of them. Uh, gee, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, so many songs that I remember over the years. Or it's bipolar disorder. <laughs> For those of you who may not know, bipolar disorder has like uh, a racing of thoughts. And they could have it in its own way wrap you. Um, but there's so many great songs. Uh, Ed Ames and his first big hit, uh, My Cup Runneth Over. And I remember it was first introduced on the uh, Tournament of Roses parade. And uh, I think what was really a big hit for him with the song is towards the end he would say he would say my cup runneth over with and he had to have taken a deep breath when he said with and he sang the word love and he held on to that note for a long time until you know he exhausted his breath and the backup singers would cover for him on the tail end of it. But he held out for the word love with such a long note. And everybody, I think, was really impressed by that. Um, if we were to find our ladies, if we were to, to find a guy like that, 
uh, like those lyrics in the song, My Cup Runneth Over, when we get scared, let's just say excrementless, you know, you can't be real. Um, when we say to the guys, and the way guys like to play women, more than likely it is. It's just how lost we are. Here we are in 2020. How lost we are when it comes to relationships. But you know that song really was fantastic. Uh, Herb Alpert, uh, formerly of Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass, he came out with a song called This Guy's In Love With You. And for us guys who are really truly in love with someone, it's really hard for us to try and tell a woman how much we really, truly are in love with her. And that, you know, we guys, the real true guys, we do need to know where we stand with the woman we love. Uh, his follow-up hit, it wasn't his best, but it was a hit. It was called Without Her. And I love the tail end of that song, Without Her. It goes, Love is a beautiful thing when it knows how to swing and it grooves like a clock, but the clock on the wall tells two lovers to part, and it's breaking my heart to have to spend a day without her. No true words were ever spoken. And, uh, uh, we all have our favorite songs. Just to give you an idea, uh, I just don't like today's music. It's too thin, lyric-wise. And so the music itself, when you compare it to the, how should I say, humble beginning of rock and roll and soft songs, love songs. Um, that gives you an idea. Uh, where were you what we, and what we were doing when you heard your favorite song on the radio? Or piped in at some retail store. Um, or record store. Record stores, there's one. In Cleveland, we had a record store. And it was Tommy Edwards Record Haven. And if I recall it, Tommy Edwards was the guy that made, I guess it was a one-hit wonder for him. Uh, he performed a song and recorded a song called All in the Game. 
And I didn't know you can make that much money off of one song and open up a record store, but it was all strictly 45s, a few albums here and there, but this was one record store where, let's say, you had a 45 to a song that you heard on the radio and you went out and bought it. And somewhere along the way you lost it or you broke it. Tommy Edwards Record Haven was the place to go to get another copy. Or you heard a song on the radio at the time in the late 60s or 70s there was solid gold uh, format on the radio. And solid gold meant oldies but goodies or just plain oldies. And I remember in the 70s um, uh, they called the oldies solid gold. And this one radio station played three current rock songs and one solid gold oldie in increments of 15 minutes. It was automated music, but it was uh, terrific. One simple reason, less commercial in those days. Before they went live DJs, uh, there was a radio station outside the Cleveland market uh, that still to this day uses automated music to play country music. Fuck. Anyways, it just gets me to thinking, folks. That's why I do what I do. It's all unscripted, unrehearsed, uh, unsolicited, and all that stuff. Um, but Tommy Owens Record Haven was really the place. And the great thing about it was, for every 45 you bought, you got a ticket. You saved 10 tickets, and on your next um, purchase for your 45 that you paid, I think it was like 99 cents for it, I think it was, um, you got a free record by saving up your 10 tickets. That was great. Um, oh my. Uh, I think it's Comet has night galleries. I don't know if MeTV is still airing uh, night galleries. A lot of up and coming actors. Uh, that's what I love to about classic movies. You see a lot of uh, up and coming actors, uh, hungry actors, starving actors. Um, obviously, Robert, Robert Redford in his hungry years, William Shatner in his hungry years, Jamie Farr, who played Corporal Klinger in MASH. He had a, a part in the movie Blackboard Jungle, which aired recently on movie TV. And Cindy Poitier was in that movie as well, and uh, late great Sal Mineo, 
uh, was in it as well. Um, classic movies is where you really see the up-and-coming stars. The original Twilight Zone series. Many different programs, many different movies. So that's enough there. Uh, page two. Another question is, what did it feel like your first day of retirement? We all have in our working years, I would love to retire early. Um, here's something. I'm not going to mention the person's name. He was a very nice guy when I met him. Then when he got to be uh, the site manager, or account manager, when I was a tier judge at this one place, he became a prick. one of the original uh, Ohio Bell telecommunication workers before the breakup of the Bell system. And uh, at the time he thought that uh, His buyout could last him until his retirement years. Well, him and his wife both discovered what is this binge um, decade? Adventures of Boogerman? Oh, Adventures of Superman is a binge weekend. The original Superman. Uh, I think it was Steve Reeves. I forgot his first name. His last name was Reeves. There were a lot of famous Hollywood stars that ended up a tragic death because they played full five to the fence and invade each other's backyard or someone else's backyard, aka cheating. That's another story in itself. But this guy, he began to find out that his buyout money was dwindling quite fast. So the next thing you know, instead of um, finding a, a communications job elsewhere or reapply. Um, I think it was America uh, that took over the, uh, the bell system in this town. 
he became a security guard. to supplement his uh, buyout. I can tell you that if you're one of those people that depend on Social Security, seriously consider a gig economy job, a work-from-home job, or part-time job. Um, even working at a fast food place, you know, it keeps you active, you make a little money, um, emergency money, mad money, spending money, special occasion money. Stay active. Um, a famous, I guess you'd say, motivational speaker uh, said it best, if you believe that retirement is just doing next to nothing. Well, real true retirement is what we used to say, pushing up daisies. That's retirement. You have to stay active because I know with my mom, not a patient, uh, I know with my mom, uh, the moment she packed it in, she, um, sat at home a lot. No time she ever went anywhere, it was when at the time, uh, uh, RTA carried the CTS tradition of bus tours. She went with her fellow seniors at the Senior Citizen Apartment Complex. And uh, went shopping. Other than that, it was just walk around the house, sit down and watch her favorite soap operas and her favorite network. And smoke. <laughs> Um, I believe working is more, once you reach the legal retirement age, send out your work schedule. You don't have to quit work completely, unless you have a lot of money like Warren Buffett, Yeek, Trump eat again, uh, travel around the world, by all means, have some. But if you don't, you know, find something to do, even volunteer. Uh, stay busy. That's my public service announcement for uh, today, <laughs> or PSA as they used to call it. Um, page three. Now, temperature-wise, we are falling back and preparing ourselves, not by choice, uh, for fall and winter. 
Um, it's time to start thinking about insulation and window film. I can tell you right now, in my last place that I lived, I used window film. And one of the things I used to keep uh, the window film, the one side of the adhesive on the window film, in place was Scotch-wide shipping tape. And so far it's doing a great job. Um, talk about a nice, cozy, warm bedroom. Wow! So, window film is something to consider. Um, and those of you who live in the bunker, secure your doors and your windows. And keep your windows covered. Because of the many warriors and peeping times and insatiably curious people, might I say, in general. Um, as I said, uh, there are a lot of perils to living in the bunker. Um, I really don't like living in the bunker. Been there, done that. Um, acrimonious. But uh, when it comes to, let's say, street level, to the same. Uh, second or middle floor, top floor on up. Yeah. And you have a balcony, even more so. Um, even for renters and leasers, familiarize yourself with your state landlord tenant laws. And if you're lucky enough to live in a city such as Cleveland, and I'm sure New York City is no better, they have their own set of city of whatever name and city landlord-tenant laws. It goes a little further than the state landlord-tenant laws. Familiarize yourself with it. And unless you're one of those people that live check to check, and you really can't find yourself saving, which I find that to be utterly impossible, not being able to save. Saving coin is a starting point. Saving a few bucks along the way, even if there's a brick and mortar savings account. You're saving. Saving is investing. Investing, you know how that goes. If you want to live week to week, you know, whatever, pay period, pay period, put it that way. Um, if you don't have a financial cushion, you know, um, 
emergency fund that you're going to end up with a bunch of dicks and pricks uh, as far as income property owners are concerned. And even management companies can be that way too. I can tell you right now you have to be a stand firm tenant when it comes to dealing with income property owners and property management companies. Some are nice, some are not so nice. And some are basically in for the profit and maximize the profit by doing next to nothing, even though it does need to be taken care of. They would much rather, uh, if they don't have to think a nickel in it right there and then, so much the better. But the thing I understand is, as far as these income property managers and management companies that put off, put off, put off, put off, doing what needs to be done, you're still going to have to spend money to get the repair, replacement, maintenance, upkeep, and all that stuff done to whatever needs to be done. I understand to a point you don't want to tie up the money, but yet at the same time, too, something needs to be taken care of, something needs to be taken care of. Um, A lot of these income property owners are looking at the profit end of it. Not so much uh, taking off on your taxes. Now, reduce your payout to the various levels of government when tax time comes around. That's the important part. The profit will let itself be known all in due time. And this is coming from a guy who has rented and leased, leased and rented uh, a great majority of his life. So, I guess page four. I started a few WordPress blogs. At first, when I heard the word blog, I didn't like it. It was like something that, you know, made my skin crawl. But then when I began blogging, I thought, this is nice. And uh, I just kept... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just kept uh, blogging. And as I said in my intro before, before my podcast, I talk about people, places, and things, and then something pretty much anything and everything under the sun. Um, the interesting thing I found, too, is that the FTC uh, does allow the consumer to post reviews of businesses and services. And the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, does offer tips to businesses and services on how to avoid negative 
reviewed. I already got one outstanding on social media platforms about Dollar General. Todd J. Voss, the so-called CEO, or another one of those CEOs that uh, the only way I can describe CEOs is a consumer contacts them, let's say via email, they forward that complaint or concern to somebody underneath them. Let's just say somebody underneath where they sit. CEOs, I have learned, truth be told, call exactly what it is. CEOs are nothing more, nothing less than old years, folks. We've got virgin ears, cover them. CEOs are no more, no less than pass the bucker, pass the buck, motherfuckers. They don't want to deal with the people that, in a direct and indirect way, pay their salary. Because if you don't pay attention to your consumer, your customer, they can go elsewhere. And because at this one Dollar General store, there's one black girl who is obsessed with getting attention. And you know what my uh, favorite, not by choice word is, she is, uh, she's got such an attention addiction, the need for attention. She's very competitive when it comes to the uh, addictive end of things. She's very competitive in getting attention like that of a drug addict. But I think she outdoes the drug addict. But she doesn't care who she hurts along the way. All she's looking for is one thing and one thing only, attention. There are two women at this particular store, where I used to live, that harassed, antagonized me, and as I said, uh, they both violated my ADA Title III rights, and as black girls, uh, her and her uh, narcissism in denial of such a thing. I've already told you what those charges are. And she also violated her employer's uh, so-called standard on how to treat the customer. She denied that. And when I found out Todd J. Voss couldn't care less that one of his own subordinates underneath him goes to the customer and the so-called regional manager couldn't care less, even though he said to me, if you run into any more problems, you got my number. Well, by the following week, after I talked with him the previous week, he put me on um, Vmail. Then I caught on. Now when I told him this bitch 
clearly need to be fired because here in the state of Ohio, it's so very easy to terminate employees for anything. I do mean anything except discrimination. But also there's a little bit behind the easy termination for employers. As long as there is no law broken within the state of Ohio, the employee can be fired for anything. Your boss can walk up to you one day, come out of nowhere and say, you're fired. That's it. But also, too, there's another catch. The Ohio Bureau of Employment Services has it where it says you can get unemployment insurance if you got fired, but you have to prove your termination was through no fault of your own. The proverbial damn if you do or damn if you don't situation. And with this face mask thing, her and her narcissistic attention addiction, she is using this face mask crap as another way of getting a dick, getting attention. Shows you how mega hard up this narcissistic bitch is. One day, she brought her mommy to work. The one thing, she's not as smart as she thinks she is. Getting attention, yeah. But, <laughs> I found the loophole. Now, she nailed me because one day I didn't have my face mask on, and then she ran me out to the uh, store manager. And as I was just standing there and letting the store manager babble, and by the way, Todd J. Voss, CEO, and uh, Bernie Dave, regional manager, uh, the handling of people who don't have a face mask is a very volatile, uh, not to mention very dangerous situation because McDonald's has come across a lot of customers that refuse to wear the face mask. And the CEO of McDonald's says, McDonald's employees can call the police if they have an irate customer. The last thing the CEO of McDonald's wants their employees to encounter is a belligerent McDonald's customer because so I understand McDonald's um, says you don't have a face mask, they don't have to serve you. Um, contrary to tr Trump and his, I can say anything I want and it's a fact. Trust me, I was married to somebody like Trump. 
let's just say in drag form, otherwise known as a wife, she's a narcissist too, and she has this mentality that, well, in her case, I'm a woman, and a woman can think, say, and do anything she wants and get away with it, therefore nothing is going to happen. And everybody will conform and comply to whatever I tell them. I always had to tell her, take a number and wait your turn. Excruciating wrong line for those people. But anyway, while I was standing there, watching him battle the maze, I seen the, this narcissistic bitch look up at him on his right side, head tilted back, and I seen her smile. When I told the regional manager, I seen her look up at the store manager and smile. Uh, the regional manager says, how do you know she was smiling? Because I said, I saw her teeth. Therefore, she wasn't wearing a mask when she came back inside. After being outside. Um. Okay, in some ways I'm slow on the draw. Some ways. But this one Saturday, she brought her mom to work. And I didn't know that Dollar General allows their employees to bring their parents, or family members for that matter, to work with them. She brought her mom to work, and little did I know, she prepped me. Aggravated, harassed, antagonized, provoked, agitated, so that she can show her mommy how mean, rotten, nasty I am. She prepped me. So when her mom was sitting in the car till I came there and it was my time to leave, uh, she went over to where the register is, the aisle of the register, and she raised her arm, letting her mommy know to come inside. This is where, for lack of a better term, she screwed up. Mommy comes in. Stop! Just as the twin doors spread open. It stops right there. Talk about nothing more frightful than ignorance in action. This is where this narcissistic bitch screwed up. Her mommy comes in and offers her meanless, mindless drivel. Where she screwed up She forgot to give her mommy a face mask. Now, do you think she would rat her mommy out because mommy didn't wear a face mask? Hell no! And narcissists can find a ways and means to get attention from anybody. I mean anybody. It can be a full, total, absolute, complete stranger. Narcissists will find a ways and means to get attention. Doesn't matter how absolute tiny it is, as long as they get attention. A narcissist doesn't care who or how they get attention. They can be very negative, very argumentative, very debatable, mindless stuff. It could be trivial stuff, but they'll, you know, they'll bite you, nail you to the wall. 
closest to circumstance as long as it gets attention. And they will harass you, belittle you, all that stuff. So Todd J. Voss and Bernie Dave, the most laziest MFers of the blank folks I have ever encountered. Todd J. Voss, CEO of Dollar General, I've gotten better responses from CEOs elsewhere. And we're talking major companies, not Dollar General, uh, parent companies, Colbert, Cravis, and Roberts. Even Colbert, Cravis, and Roberts, KJR for short, really don't care how, in this case, Dollar General customer is treated by a narcissist bitch. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I lost my soapbox on that one, so let's just say, let's call it phase six. I do hope everybody learns as they go along from what I encounter. Um, there are a lot of social media platform websites out there around the world in various languages and a whole lot of numbers. Uh, one of those things, if you have a communication device and you connect it to the internet, you're pretty much a member of a social media platform, platform website. And my review that I posted about Dollar General, we're talking so very close to a billion members total of social media platform websites. And from what I understand, Dollar General is an international company. How can that be? I don't know. But it is. Um, I didn't like, in the beginning before I went to a Dollar General or a family dollar store, before dollar stores became popular, that was basically Dollar General and Family Dollar were like the two main dollar stores, not like, uh, 